to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. God tonight. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight for the privilege that we have to be here. God, we just thank you that God, there could be so many other places that we could be tonight, but God, you have set it up for us to be right here. And God, we just pray that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, that you would help us tonight just to be everything that you have called us to be. God, help us to be more Christ-like in our lives. We'll give you all the praise. And all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So throughout the month of April, and we're going to conclude that tonight, we've been ministering on the series of Salvation Unplugged. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Luke was kind of distressed. My 10-year-old son was distressed about us unplugging salvation. Because if you've ever been on something or around something or doing something and you unplug it, it shuts it off. It tears it down. I remember I've still got a picture. I think my mum and dad have got it still in their house in England of Brittany when she was probably about five years of age. She was just absolutely loving life on one of those jumping castles, one of those bouncy things. And all of a sudden someone pulled the plug and everything fell on top of her. And in the midst of it is just the saddest little face, like this pout, like what in earth is going on. We're not pulling the plug as in deflate and turning the power off, but we're looking beneath the surface of salvation. Because so many times in church we can get Christianese. Anyone know what Christianese is? Christianese is a way we talk, you know, that we can say things, a form of language, but yet we lose the meaning of really what it is. And salvation is one of the most vital, not one of, the most vital truths that we need to grasp a hold of and understand. Because we can make it to heaven sick, we can make it to heaven poor, we can make it to heaven rich, but listen, you can't make it to heaven without Jesus. You cannot make it without salvation. So it's so important. So what we've been doing throughout this entire month is just peeling away and looking in depth at what salvation really is. And I'm going to try and conclude the message tonight. And when I wrote down those words, I began to laugh because there is no conclusion to salvation. There's no end to salvation. In fact, here's my conclusion. My conclusion is this. It's not the end, but it's just the beginning of greater things. Come on, help me out in the house. It's not the end. It's just the beginning of greater things because that's what salvation is. It's not just a decision. It started with a decision, but it's an experience that every day we can live out and I love the passage of scripture that Pete read out. And if you've got your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. Second Peter, it says in chapter one and verse two and three, I love this verse. It says this grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus or Jesus, our Lord. Don't you love the fact that God's in the additional and the multiplication business? God's not in the division and the subtraction business, but he wants to multiply all grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. 
in understanding God, in knowing God, in having relationships. Say with me, relationship. That's what it's speaking about. Through relationships, in other words, there's a multiplication process that can take place in every one of our lives. And here it goes, verse 3. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. That's some shouting words right there. Come on, God says through relationship, through knowing Him, through His power that wants to work inside of us, He has given, He has made available to every one of us everything, anything, all things in order to live a good life. Come on, if you're not living a good life, you're not living in the fullness of salvation. God says that I want to give to you everything that pertains to life and godliness, mean in His image, made in His image, how we can be like God. We're not God. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're not God. Come on, because I know I'm glad I'm not God. But we're like God. We're not a God. Okay, but then we go on and say, in the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue. The New Living Translation says this, His divine power. And I want to add this, through salvation, through our relationship with Him, gives us everything that we need for living a godly life. If you're here today and say, you know what, I I just can't make it. I can't be a witness at work. You may say, I'm just struggling a little bit in this area. You know, I've got addictions. I've got strongholds. I guess I will never be free. Let me tell you, that is the biggest lie that you could ever say out of your mouth. Because God says, through salvation, through living a life for Him, He's given you everything you need to live a godly life. You have everything available. You see, the problem is we've just got to tap into it. The problem is, we've just got to tap into it. I remember a story once that someone told about this family that were trying to get, I believe, from England over to America. And they had scraped all the money they possibly could get together to get two fares so they could ride a boat over. And the trip was about a two-week trip. And throughout that trip, they had saved everything and put every penny, their last pennies down to pay for that trip. And one day, about ten days into that journey... The, the person who was in charge of the cabins and taking care of the people noticed that these people were huddled in their room with crumbs all around them. And he said, well, what's happening? They said, we are absolutely starved. We have eaten our last little food that we had prepared and everything that we had, we ate it probably three, four days ago. There's nothing left. We're starving. We've got four more days. And the guy looked at them and says, don't you know? And they said, no, what? He said, with the fare comes all the food that you can eat on this ship. For 10 days, they had lived on crackers and cheese. They were starving and they didn't realize they could be in the buffet line having the best. of. Listen, there is too many Christians still eating crackers and cheese, laying with crumbs all around them when God says, come on, I've got the best for you. Come on, and here's the problem we have. When we think of the best, we think of a Cadillac. We think of a a $300,000 home. We think of all these things. Let me tell you something. That may be the best for your life, but it's not always the best for your life. Come on, when we're talking about the best, what we're talking about is God has everything that you need. Come on, God knows what you have need of, the Bible says, before you even ask, and He's made it available. I'm just telling you some truths about salvation today. I want you to see it. God has made everything possible for you. Well, how do I discover that? How do I be a partaker in that? you just got to believe it. You've just got to accept it. It's yours. Your mind will tell you, but I'm 
unworthy and I can't do that and we're going to get to that later. But you've got to quit and turn off those thoughts and realize that God's word says what? He has given you everything that enables you to live a godly life. And here's the key. The first part of verse number three in the New Living Translation says this. As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. Knowing God. Knowing God better. And that's what the salvation experience is about. Less of me and more of him. And I pray every day there's less of me because I'm my biggest problem. The devil's not my problem, I'm my problem. Come on, I'm the problem. The devil can't make me do anything. I'm the one that chooses. I'm the one that thinks those thoughts. Come on, I'm the one that entertains those things. And we've got to realize that knowing God, there's a power. And this is just my introduction to help us out here. So our salvation experience, not a decision. Not a decision. You've probably heard that 20 times throughout this month. It's not a decision. It started with a decision, but it doesn't end there. And if you're not living in the fullness of salvation, it's because you're still living in a decision. Come on, it's an experience. It's an experience that God wants us to live in every day as we live in relationship with Him. Daily we can know Him better. And as a relationship, you know what? That relationship is that results in action. There should be action from our lives. Listen to me. My faith, my walk with God must be more than just belief in certain facts. Let me say that again. My faith, my relationship, my walk with God must be more than just a belief in certain facts or in certain areas. It's got to result in action. Come on, I'm not just sitting there and saying I'm saved. I'm living saved. Come on, I'm, I'm following his word. I'm following. And you know what? And, and we've got to see growth of Christian character inside of our lives. We've got to see change. You know, I had the incredible privilege today to lead a man to the Lord. This young guy's been coming here and he, he very seldom comes to church. He'll just stop off by and, and many times this is what he says, Pastor Pre, I just want you to pray for me. And this guy has got such a victim mentality that the whole world is against him and just everything is against him and everyone's looking out for him. And, and I've just told him square in the eye and I said, everyone's not against you. Oh yeah. I said, am I? And he says, no. I said, so you can't say, has anyone in this church ever, no. I said, so stop saying everyone's against you because it's not. It's something you've prefabricated in your mind. And he said to me one day, he said, Pastor P, would you take my number, please? He said, and if you ever need any work around the church, just something to be done, would you please call me because I just need work and I need someone. I said, sure. And I said, Richard, I'd love to do that. I call him Tricky Ricky. His name is Richard and I call him Tricky Ricky. And... um, And, you know, so I've been calling him a few times and said, Richard, I need you to come and weed our gardens out here. Can you wash my bus for me? And he's been coming by. And yesterday he came by and he washed the bus, weeded the gardens, did some stuff for Mr. Dan and helped him out. And and he left without me being able to pay him. So I called him up and said, Richard, where are you at? You know, I didn't pay you. You need to come back. I'm leaving, so I'm not going to be here. So come back tomorrow. So he shows up this morning. I'm preparing the message. And so when I do my message, I don't often like to be disturbed because it's so important that I hear from God just to be able to deliver to you the word. But Miss Nancy came, knocked on my door, and she said, Pastor Philip, I know you don't want to be disturbed, but this is really important. And she said, Richard's here, and he wants to give his heart to the Lord. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that absolutely fantastic? 
He says, I, I just want to, he says, I realize I've come to the end of myself and, and I realize that I need God. And I was able to pray with him and lead him in a sinner's prayer. And his, te- his eyes welled up with tears. They didn't roll down his face, but he was moved. And Nancy can tell you, there was just a glow. And here's what I prayed. I said, God, when he drives down the street, may the trees look greener. May the sky look brighter. May life be better. And you know how the enemy is? As soon as he walks out, it starts pouring with rain. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay because throughout the rain, come on, God's glory can shine through. Amen. And, and you know, I'm so thankful. So there's, there's going to be growth. And, and throughout the process with him, we've seen him change. We've seen him become more warm as we've just loved him. And, and from a distance, we had to love him at first. But as we just embraced, you see, that's the Christian experience. It's something that we need to live out. We need to be an example example to other people so other people see that you know we need to see a practice of moral discipline in our lives come on and we can look and say oh that's not important it is to have a godly character to do what God put in action those things to have moral discipline and I didn't say be perfect because none of us are but you know what the Bible says that if we don't do those things we're going to die away We're going to die away. Look what it says in James chapter 2 and verse 14 through 17. It says this, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says to you that he has faith, but he does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What a picture here of someone in need and they come to us and we turn them away and maybe just pray with them and that's great to do. But if there's something that we can do to meet that need, the Bible says we need to do that. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It's not just emptiness. It's not just nothing. There's substance. There's something there, something of work that we need to ha- worth that we need to have in our lives. And faith by itself, if it does not have action, faith, if it does not have action, the Bible says is dead, is dead. And living that type of life, It's so important, not a dead life, but an active life. Because an active salvation or experience, living that kind of life, leads us to learning God and to knowing God more in a greater way. We can learn about God. We can know God. You know, every day when you spend time with someone, you get to know them more. It's the same in our relationship with God. As we spend time with, I just don't know God. He's just so big and he's so bad. Hey, he's right there with you. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that's like what Pete spoke about on Sunday morning, that we were to have that self-control, that patient endurance, the godliness to love others and listen to Sunday's message if you missed it. Just a phenomenal message. But I'm telling you right now, those actions don't always come automatically. Come on, it's not always easy to have self-control in your life. Come on, it's not always easy to have an endurance that despite it all that you keep on going. Come on, it's not always easy to love people. It's not always easy to be godly, to have virtue. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? It doesn't come automatically. In fact, sometimes and most times it requires hard work and a lot of work. And I posted this today on Facebook, our Facebook page. Incidentally, like our page and you can get our posts whenever we post them. But I posted this today. Listen to this. We want God to do for us what God wants to do in us. Think about that. We want God just to get us out of jail free. 
We want God just to come in and quick give us that quick fix and snap his fingers. We want God to do for us what God wants to do in us. And we want that, you know, and God, just give me the quick fix right now. But what we don't realize is this. If we just get a temporary quick fix problem, then we're going to need it again, again, and again, and again. It's good for right now, but it's not good for down the line. And one thing I've realized is this. God's not in it just for now. God's in it for the long term. God's in it for the long haul with you. And what happens when we just want a quick fix is we become short-sighted. You know, we just become so short-sighted. And the Bible says not only short-sighted, but almost blind. Look what it says in 1 Peter 1 verse 9. Again, I know Pete read this scripture on Sunday. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. The New Living Translation says, But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind or at least very short-sighted and has forgotten or taken for granted. Remember our scripture for this month, Hebrews 2 verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great? And what the Bible is telling us here, so quickly we can get short-sighted and we can forget everything that God's done in our life. We can forget what God saved us from and we can forget what he has cleansed us from. And listen to this, God hasn't just saved us from, he saved us for. Come on, I want to say that again. Salvation is not just saving you from something. He rescued you, yes. But he didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. And you've got to realize that. Come on, say with me purpose. God has a purpose for my life. And he took me from somewhere because what he has something for my life. And, and so many times we beat ourselves up and we can't see that. But we're saved with a purpose. But yet still too often we refuse to allow that process to continue in us that really results in us distancing ourselves. And from the beginning in the scriptures we said that it's the knowledge of God, knowing God, being in relationship with Him that gives us the power and everything that we need for life. So remember this, that God wants to do something through salvation in us. God doesn't want to just do something for us. God wants to do something in us. And when he does something in us, guess what? It doesn't matter if anything else changes around us. When it changes inside of us, everything is different. Everything is new around us. So don't just go for that quick fix. Let God change you. Let God work on you. God, if you could just solve this marriage. God, if you could just solve my finances. And then what? You would be back in that again a week from now. Listen, you don't solve money problems with money. Because if someone is not educated, I think they said that if you took all the money of this world and you equally distributed it into everyone's hands, I think they said within three years all the money would be back in the hands it's in right now. Think about that. Why? Because people, if they don't know how to handle it, if they don't know what to do, then they're going to squander it, they're going to waste it. You see, that's why God's salvation wants to change us from the heart. You see, it's a heart change. It has to be a heart change. It has to be a heart change. And as as Pete preached on Sunday, these are not optional truths. These are not virtues. These are not additions that need to be added to our lives if we pick or choose. They need to be a continual part of our Christian life. What does the Bible tell us in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are what? Being saved. There's a process that we're in. A salvation experience, that we're in the process, that we're building godly character, allowing God to help us and challenge us in our lives. And we don't just finish one and then start the next. 
You know, you can go through that list in First Peter uh, the, around where we just read and, and you can say, well, man, when I get virtue done, then I'll get on to godliness and then I'll go to knowledge and then I'll go to self-control. Listen, that's not what it's about. It's not about following the yellow brick road. It's about realizing that God wants to do all those things. If you would read in Galatians where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, how many times do people misquote that when they say, but the fruits of the Spirit. Read it again. It's the fruit of the Spirit. For this reason, God's saying it manifests itself in many different ways, but it's one thing. And we don't need to just desire patience if we're not having long-suffering and we're not having endurance. God wants to show us it's a package deal. He wants us to have it all. And that's what salvation is about. It's the package deal. It's that we can go to the buffet line because he paid the fare. And that we can eat and we can enjoy and we can experience God. And through our salvation experience, God empowers us and he enables us. But he also gives us the responsibility to learn and grow. It's our responsibility. And we must never be surprised when things don't always work like we should. And we should refuse to be resentful in the process. Have you ever resented someone for something that you later found out? They weren't really being mean to you or really withholding something from you. They were really protecting you and they had it available, but you weren't ready to receive that. You know what I'm talking about? How easy we can resent. I think sometimes we can resent the process of salvation. That God's just wanting to shape us and fashion us and form us. And we can resent that because sometimes we think things should happen quicker or if I was God, I would do things another way. Oh, Remind yourself, first and foremost, you're not God and we're glad about that. But you know what? Don't resent that process because he who began a good work, the Bible says he will be faithful. God's going to be faithful. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, remember that God's faithful. God is faithful. We're the ones that have the problem with unfaithfulness, doubt, fear, anxieties, all these things. God is faithful. God is faithful and the Bible tells us in Corinthians that he'll be our way of escape. He's faithful to be there, to help us, to be our way of escape through the troubles and the trials of life. And this is really my introduction tonight, but what I really wanted to, and I'm just going to close with this. I'm not going to be here much longer. But you know what? I just really believe that God wants to produce so many great things through your life, through salvation. Every day I challenge you to wake up and say, thank God I'm saved. God, teach me something new today about your salvation. Lord, may I know something new about you today because that's where the power of salvation is in truly knowing God, in the process of salvation. My works do not produce my salvation, but my works are part of the process of salvation. I'm saved. When you give your life to Christ, you're saved. But you know what? God's got some rough edges that he wants to knock off you just to make you more in his image. I read something this week and I thought, how true. If we're ever looking at things in our lives and we're ever questioned, I wonder if that's a sin. I wonder if that's something I shouldn't do. Ask yourself this question. If I do that thing, where will my confidence be with God? Because Adam and Eve, they ate a fruit, but what was the next thing they did? They hid. They hid. Why? Because they knew what they had done was wrong. And therefore, their confidence that they used to have to stand before God and walk with God was completely gone. I'm telling you, if you want to know if things are a sin, ask yourself this. If I could just go to God and present that to God and talk to God and say, God, I just did this. But what we find many times is we're hiding it, that the confidence is not there. And it really helps you. But here's what I want to say tonight as we wind this down tonight. And 
That is this. You know, what happens when we give our lives to God? We give everything to God. We go to church. What happens when we get to a place sometimes where we don't feel saved? Have you ever got to that place where you kind of don't feel saved? And the enemy will come in and just look at you. And it's amazing when you get to that place. It doesn't take long for another voice to begin to come in your ears. Anyone ever heard that voice? If you want to know if the devil's lying, if his lips are moving, he's lying to you. Because even a partial truth is a even a partial truth is really a lie. Remember that. And that's how it is. If it's not the whole truth, it's not the truth. Even if it's a partial truth, it's still a lie. And that's how he operates in partial truths. And, and I know I've felt like that in my life. And, and, I, and I hate to say this, but probably there'll be times again in my life where I kind of feel distant from God. And it's not because of sin or because of anything, because I'm doing what I feel I should be doing. But sometimes you just kind of feel distant and those questions come and the doubts can come. And, well, what is really going on? Especially when, you know... Things don't go like you should. You know, you kind of lose your temper a little bit more than you should. And your mouth, you're still having issues and problems with some of the language that comes out of your mouth. And, and maybe you're still suffering with the road rage. And you like that special wave, that one finger wave that you give to people. And, um, you know, and, and you, you begin to realize and look at yourself and you begin to say, well, how could God forgive me? So it starts off by saying, I don't really feel it. But then the next thing you say, but then how could God really? Because I'm not really the greatest and I'm not really this and I'm not really that. And, you know, if you haven't doubted God in your relationship, you probably will. But you know what? The question that we've got to realize is this. You know, our salvation is a faith walk. And that, what does that mean? What does it mean when my salvation is a faith walk? The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by what we feel or what we sense or what we see. And that's where the questions and the problems happen, isn't it? Because we like the feelings. Anyone like the feelings? How many likes the warm, fuzzy feelings? Come on, we like those. And and there can be moments of those. And I pray there are more moments like that in our lives. But you know what? We'll be very shallow if our whole relationship with God is just on the warms and the fuzzies. But the times we can draw closer to God is the times when we feel he's so far away from us. But notice I said we feel he's so far away because we know, and we're going to look at some scriptures just quickly, but we know this, that he doesn't leave us and he doesn't walk away from us. And sometimes it almost feels like we can just go through the motions And that's when you must know what God's word has promised you. And here's how I want to conclude this series tonight. Just by giving you some scriptures that has to do with your salvation to help you. Here's a good one. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. God says these words were, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So when you question and you doubt, God, are you there? You've got to remind yourself. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm right there. And the next verse goes on to say, we don't have to fear what man can do. Why? Because God's with us and he's there with us. What about this one? Jeremiah 31 verse 3, the last part of that. God says, therefore, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Well, thank God for that. God, it's an everlasting love. In Romans 10 verse 9, look at this truth. If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe in my heart means if I give my life to Christ 
if I truly give my life to Christ, and guess what happens? And I believe all those things. What does the Bible tell me? I'm saved. Come on, I'm saved. And, and we've got to realize these in our lives. And here's another great one. 1 John 4 verse 18 says this. Look at this. For perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And these are verses like this and the Bible is so full of them. And this is a little devotion that I read today in our little daily devotion. I jumped ahead and you'll probably read it tomorrow. But you've got to remind yourself of this. Listen, God doesn't love you <coughs> excuse me, with an imperfect love. His love is not imperfect. Because if he did, then you would need to be worried. We would need to be worried if God's love wasn't perfect. But what did we just read? Perfect love. God. You see, man's love is imperfect. Man's love keeps a list of sins. Man's love, you know, and, and how he is and everything, we, we consult that many times in our lives. But God's love is not like that. God's love is perfect. And what his perfect love means is this. This is what perfect love, this is what that verse means to your life. And that is this. The moment you place your trust in Christ, he views you as righteous. The moment you say yes to Christ and accept salvation, he sees you as righteous. What does righteous mean? In right standing with God. doesn't mean you have it all together and you're all perfect. Because listen, that's the process of salvation where he wants to clean us up and fix us up. But we are right before God. We can stand before God because of his crucified son and because he paid the price. And guess what? And we can be fully accepted from that point on. And that's the different with, difference with unconditional love and conditional love. Conditional love says you've got to be, do, conduct yourself. But unconditional love, the perfect love of God says, I love you in what you are. I love you because I see what you can be. I see who you are. And his love casts out all fears. Notice this, perfect love cast out all fears. When I worry and I don't feel saved, you've got to remind yourself, perfect love cast out all fear. His love. Why? Because it casts out all my sin. The love of God. And listen to the scripture in 1 John 3 verse 20. It says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. So easy to condemn ourselves, aren't we? So easy to write ourselves off. I'm just not saved. I'm not, God doesn't love me anymore. Let me tell you this. If your heart condemns you, remind yourself this. God is greater than your heart. And he knows all things. And in the little daily devotion it says this. It's possible to be forgiven yet feel unforgiven. Every one of us, if we've said yes to Christ, are forgiven. But yet so often we still feel unforgiven. And here's what you've got to do. When you feel unforgiven and you doubt your feelings, here's what you've got to do. Doubt those feelings. Never doubt God. Because when those feelings come, perfect love casts out all fear. Remind yourself of 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the last time I checked, God's word outranks everything else. 
So any fear, any doubt, any confusion, remind yourself of this. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. He is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Doesn't mean I have a license to sin and go and live wherever I want because if that's what you think, you just miss the whole rest of this message and the whole rest of this series. What are we doing? We're trying to grow closer to God. We're going to stumble and we're going to fall. But you know what? We need to fall up instead of falling down. We need to fall into His arms and there we can find our rest and there we can find our peace. Listen, salvation is such an awesome gift. Live in the experience. Continue in the process and let God change you. Let God transform you. Let God be the Lord and Savior of your life. Would you pray with me tonight? Just bow your heads right where you're at. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.